Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Manisha Sinha, um, Draper Chair in American History at the University of Connecticut and the author of The Slave's Cause, A History of Abolition. I am joining you for a special show today to discuss the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, this is uh, an assault on an independent and democratic country, and it is something that has roiled the entire world because for the first time we are seeing after World War, a widespread conflict unfolding in Europe. And this is a matter of some concern to, to many people. I had a professor at Columbia University where I got my PhD, who used to call the First and the Second World War the tribal wars of Europe. Uh, we normally do not think of these sort of ethnic national conflicts unfolding in the European continent. But of course, those of us who are historians know that Europe has a long history of these conflicts, many of them a result of the disintegration of empires that once ruled uh, in uh, Central Europe, like the Austro-Hungarian Empire, the Russian Empire, even the Ottoman Empire from Turkey. But today what we are seeing is that there are many independent countries surrounding Russia that were once either a part of the Soviet Union or were allied to it. Once communist rule fell in the Soviet Union, many of these Central American and Eastern European republics became independent countries. And Ukraine is one of them. Unfortunately, ever since Vladimir Putin came into power in Russia, and I cannot repeat this often enough, a lot of Americans are extremely confused about the state of the country of Russia. They, so the entire world, as I said, has been reacting, and most people have uh, supported, most countries have supported Ukraine because uh, Russia is clearly violating international norms and law by invading Ukraine uh, and claiming it to be part of Russia when it is an independent democratic country. Uh, you think it is really important politically for most people to realize that this is not a replay of the Cold War between the West and the Soviet Union. It's a very different situation today in Europe. Putin is not so much scared of capitalism. In fact, he benefits from the global capitalist economy. Uh, he's reminiscent of some of the old undemocratic czars. He began his career in the KGB, the secret service of, of the Soviet Union, but he is no communist. Russia's economy is faltering right now. I think Putin is using this 
to deflect attention, but it is also, I think, a indicator of his imperialist aims. Um, so everyone thought that the Russian invasion of Ukraine would, um, you know, would be would be a cakewalk for Putin. But if you see in the television, I think what happened and what really captured the imagination of the world is to see the Ukrainian people determined to resist the overtaking of their country. Um, I saw some horrific videos of tanks literally squashing down cars on the roads of bombardment of Kiev and other cities in Ukraine. But ordinary civilian Ukrainians who had never held a gun before say they're willing to fight and die for their country. One also sees an exodus of refugees, of course, uh, from Ukraine going towards Poland and towards Europe um, to avoid the fighting. Uh, what Putin is doing by trying to overtake the entire country is to ensure that this will become a very bloody war with a lot of civilian casualties. Um, we haven't yet seen that. The Ukrainian people have been effective uh, in, in sort of stopping or stalling the Russian invasion, which is quite amazing if you think about it because they don't have the manpower or the military to face up to Russia, uh, which has an enormous and extremely well-equipped modern army. Um, NATO and other European powers and Western powers are now supporting Ukraine. I heard recently that Germany is going to send anti-tank missiles to Ukraine. But the fact is that this at least as we are seeing it on TV, is the fight of ordinary Ukrainian people. And that has captured the imagination of the world. I have been seeing in my Facebook feed many people putting on the Ukrainian flag in front of their profiles. You might have seen on television the capitals of countries across the world, their iconic buildings lit up in the colors of the Ukrainian flag, including the Empire State Building in New York City and in Boston. Uh, there's a widespread outpouring of sympathy for the Ukrainian people. Uh, and the reason is because everyone can see Russia behaving like a bully, like an imperialist bully, um, and using excuses, really awful ones, like saying that they're going after Nazis, and the only person who's acting like Hitler and the Nazis is, in fact, Putin. I saw Quick pictures. Question. Quick, huh? question. Quick question. Um, did you also see the protest in Russia? Yes. Ordinary Russian citizens protesting in the streets um, in cities across Russia, especially the young people. Um, I think it's very brave to see the Russian people rising up and protesting this unjust war. Um, we, I also saw a video of a Russian tennis star who actually wrote on the uh, camera of a video cameraman with a falcon saying, no war, please. So I am not entirely sure that this war is that popular in Russia itself. Uh, Putin is clearly hanging on to power there by tyrannical means. He has established a dictatorship, basically a personal dictatorship. 
Um, and the only way to ultimately overthrow him is to have the Russian people rise up against him of that anti-war sentiment uh, in countries across the world, right? To go against their own country and object to it was the American Socialist Party led by Eugene Debs, and it was destroyed because of that uh, with the famous, you know, Red Scare that took place then uh, immediately after the First World War II. And that's when also, of course, then you had the most horrific race riots also in the United States. So there's a long history of pacifists who have opposed unjust wars uh, and of people opposing their own countries, especially when those countries are undemocratic, when the decision for war is not being taken by duly elected representatives. Um, And even when that is done, as we saw in the case of the Vietnam War, people can still critique their own government uh, and oppose the war. Uh, but in the case of Russia, this is clearly just one man's decision. Mm. Um, it is Putin's decision. It is not a decision of the Russian people. And I think we must distinguish between the regime of Russia personified by Putin and uh, the Russian people who had no say in these wars. Uh, you know, the one very uh, important instance where the Russian people rose up and stopped the war comes from Russia itself. Mm. During the First World War, um, the Russian Revolution took place, the Russian Communist Revolution by Lenin. And that's when Russia moved out of the war because that war was started by the Tsar, the king, the emperor of Russia. And uh, that was a revolution in which you had the communist revolution where Lenin took Russia out of the First World War um, and the communist regime was established in uh, Russia. Um, It would be very good if something like that happened now. In fact, the Russian people can look back at their own history and see how um, the Bolshevik revolution overthrew the Tsar and stopped a very unpopular war in Russia. And it would be wonderful if something similar happened again in, in the Soviet, in, in Russia. Well, remember, Ukraine is a very young and new nation. It has barely existed as an independent nation for the last 14 years. It was part of the Soviet Union before that. So Ukraine's history is young. A lot of these areas in the Balkans and Eastern Europe were literally um, carved out between the Austro-Hungarian and the Russian Empire. Even Poland, uh, countries that we think are, you know, are so old, actually came into existence as separate countries very recently. So, you know, it's not as if you can look at Ukrainian, though Ukraine does a long history. All these areas have a long history. They have, um, you know, histories going back to the Middle Ages. Um, All these uh, independent Slavic nations do, but they have been buffeted uh, between the imperial ambitions of European empires for a long time. And in fact, the First World War begins like that, right? It is the First World War began when uh, Archduke Franz Ferdinand of the Austro-Hungarian Empire was shot to death by a Serbian nationalist. Uh, Nations are formed. We've seen nations collapse in Eastern Europe. (coughs) Excuse me. um, Like Yugoslavia, which was a nation, then collapsed. 
Okay. And today you have separate new nations that have been formed there, uh, even newer than, you know, some Asian and African nations that were decolonized after European empires came to an end. Imperialist, remember that. Putin is an imperialist. He wants to recreate Russian imperial glory. Um, And it's important to remember that he is literally trying to go back to 19th century power politics before we had the League of Nations and the United Nations. Now we have the United Nations after the Second World War. There is international law. You can't just like walk into another nation, even though it may be weaker and smaller than you, and simply take over. Um, And even though the United Nations has many times failed in practice, mainly because of the violations of the superpowers, including the United States, by the way, I should say that. Uh, But the fact remains that we still aspire to have some international law and order and not go down the rabbit hole of the First World War and the Second World War that cost millions of lives. Uh, Putin has disrupted that order blatantly because of his own imperial aims uh, and because of his own desperate uh, need to hang on to power at all costs, even when it comes to tyrannizing his own people. But But the scary part is that he also has access to nuclear weapons, which could mean that if there was God forbid, a full-out war between the Western nations and Russia. He could go for the nuclear option and destroy not just Russia, but the entire world with Russia. Um, And that was the danger of nuclear weapons, and that's why we had uh, the politics of detente and arms control during the Cold War, uh, and where the Soviet Union and the United States as nuclear powers Um, try to act as deterrents against each other, but also to prevent the proliferation of nuclear arms throughout the world. And now, of course, there are many countries that have nuclear powers, right? Uh, There is Russia, there's the United States, um, there is China, um, and there's India, uh, and China also helped in the development of nuclear weapons in Pakistan, Um, So there's mutually assured destruction there, too, between Pakistan and India, which are rivals. So then there are a number of countries that have nuclear weapons. Um, And, uh, you know, the only thing that one could hope is that even a power-hungry maniac or tyrant like Putin will realize that if he uses nuclear arms, he is destroying the entire world, including himself and Russia. So that can be the only deterrent against him using nuclear arms. But he could use a small atom bomb, right, and destroy maybe the entire country of Ukraine uh, and affect the rest of Europe, uh, like the like the United States did during the end of the Second World War, which I still think was a, an extremely bad thing. Uh, the United States dropped two atom bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima at the end of the Second World War, and that was devastating. Uh, it was, you know, people are still suffering from birth defects in Japan as a result of those atomic bombs dropping there. Uh, I'm hoping that the world never again sees the dropping of an atomic bomb or the use of nuclear weapons. 
that has not been really discussed that much in this invasion. Uh, we know that it mostly it will be done through conventional weapons and not nuclear weapons. Um, but what is outstanding is seeing the Ukrainians uh, slow down the Russian invasion, desperately fighting it off. I think uh, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, has emerged as a worldwide heroic figure where he has been streaming videos, um, refusing to leave, uh, even though he knows that if, if Russians get a hold of him, they'll probably kill him. Um, he has been in the streets rallying the Ukrainian people and standing his ground. And the Ukrainian people have been defending him, his government, and the capital. What was very nice to see was that even opposition leaders in his country from well, those, yeah, now they are, they are in a way, there is a huge convoy of refugees that is trying to leave Ukraine, and it is problematic. People are trying to take out cash. They're trying to get gas. Uh, those people leaving, trying to leave, because now, you know, it's a situation of war. Uh, others are staying behind and fighting. Others are hunkering down in subway stations, using them as, as, as sort of bomb shelters. Uh, against um, the attack from the Soviet, from Russia. So I think it is really important to um, to remember that there is, you know, it's not as if people are being prevented from leaving. Uh, there is a state of war emergency in Ukraine, but no one's preventing anyone from leaving. It's just the logistics of getting out of Ukraine now with all the roads, trains, and everything clogged. Uh, that's become very difficult because war has already started. We had the Ukrainian ambassador to the UN with his prepared remarks um, to condemn uh, this attempt by Russia. Uh, but as he was going to read his remarks, uh, the Russians invaded Ukraine. And so in my mind, the representative from Kenya said it the best. Uh, and his speech went viral also because it was so well delivered and so well done in terms of understanding the nature of imperialism, uh, which is basically the ability of stronger and more powerful countries to just walk in and take over. Uh, you know, uh, people in the global south, especially in Africa and Asia, have suffered from centuries of this kind of attitude of powerful nations <clears throat> to subjugate and, and simply walk over smaller nations. And that's what he was criticizing. He was criticizing that principle. It's not a matter of whether you're against Russia or for Russia or against the West or for the West. He's saying what we should condemn is imperialism. Uh, and I think that's important to remember in this case, because a lot of people are confused. Uh, a lot of people know that, uh, you know, the United States, the West and the NATO are not as if they're not guilty. Uh, they have done things in the past that have walked over the rights uh, and over international law also. Uh, but in this instance, uh, it is Putin who is the aggressor and Putin who is behaving as an imperialist and the entire world. Uh, should condemn these actions because it should, it can affect all nations. Um, he's acting as a bully, and his he needs to be stopped. Um, and if he isn't stopped, he would become more threatening and more powerful to others. It's exactly what Hitler did 
um, in, before the first, Second World War, uh, quietly eat up countries and other territories till people finally woke up. Uh, besides, of course, um, you know, uh, suppressing his own people in terms of dissent in his own country and also, um, in the end, inaugurating the Holocaust and, 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 you know, one of the biggest tragedies in world history, a genocide of, of Jewish people. So I think it, we can't go there. We can't go back there where, where dictators and tyrants pretty much do what they want, even if it means killing off people or destroying entire countries and populations. Um, um, there are some Republicans, a few, who have condemned the Russian invasion, but there is a large segment in the base of the Republican Party who support Trump, who are Putin admirers. And I think this is extremely dangerous. Uh, this is what Putin succeeded in doing. He succeeded in having Trump. Um, there was investigation of Russian interference. Um, there probably was Russian interference. There was certainly a lot of disinformation sowed by Putin to create internal divisions within the United States. Uh, and he was successful in doing that. Remember, he was a KGB operative. So he knows how to sow disinformation and propaganda. And he did that successfully. Uh, and Hillary Clinton warned about that in the 2016 elections. Um, and I think uh, our own democratic system has to withstand this uh, systematic campaign um, to sow disinformation and division, which Putin has successfully done. Um, and at this point, I would call out all those Republicans and Trump himself who are admiring Putin. Um, okay, so let me end with, again, uh, drawing attention to Donald Trump's first impeachment, which involved his attempt to unnecessarily pressure the Ukrainian president to try to dig up dirt on uh, his rival, his political rival, Joe Biden. And Donald Trump did something that a few American presidents have ever done, which is to invite foreign interference into our domestic democratic uh, system. Uh, and I think the reason he did that so cavalierly and thought he could do it and get away with it is mainly because that's what they did in 2016. We know that Paul Manafort and members of the Trump election campaign team were meeting with the Russians. Um, the FBI was monitoring them. It was not because they wanted to spy on Trump. It was because Trump and his campaign were doing illegal things. Trump even pardoned Manafort before he could be indicted. Uh, we know that Republican senators like Ron Johnson, another despicable character from Wisconsin, uh, went to Russia went to Moscow and met with Putin. We don't know what they're doing. They're in cahoots with these people. And then because uh, Trump was doing this, in doing all kinds of shady deals with the Russians, um, completely allied with Putin, he wanted to break up NATO and break up our alliances with the West uh, and uh, somehow ally personally with uh, Russia, mainly because um, the Russians owned him. The Russian oligarchs owned him. Um, they gave him the money. They bailed out his business, his family business. Uh, so we know that uh, Trump was a compromised uh, personality. 
His businesses were all bankrupt, uh, and they had been saved by, by Russian money and Russian assistance to get him elected. So he thought it was no big deal to pressure the Ukrainian president um, to interfere in our elections in 2020. That scheme got exposed because of American patriots, because of American State Department officials, because of American soldiers, people like Alexander Vindman, Fiona Hill, who testified against Trump in the first impeachment. Uh, can you imagine if Trump was president today, he would have given Putin flowers for walking into Ukraine. Uh, they keep saying, oh, Putin invaded Ukraine because Joe Biden is weak. They have this narrative that they want to keep spinning, that somehow President Biden is weak, even though his administration has been extremely effective in combating the pandemic uh, and getting us out of an economic recession. Um, the fact remains that we can be really glad that Joe Biden is president of the United States and not Donald Trump, because Trump uh, was Putin's puppy. You know, he was completely owned uh, by Putin uh, and he was impeached because he tried to pressure the president of a small country like Ukraine that was dependent on the United States uh, to interfere and to make up stuff about Joe Biden and his family. Uh, Fortunately, he failed. Fortunately, he failed. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.